So hello once again, friends. Steve Taylor here, and welcome to another episode of the Do It For Yourself podcast. I'm the host, Steve Taylor. I'm the founder and lead advisor at Merited Wealth. And if this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, what I try to make this podcast very informational, I like to bring in entrepreneurs of all different levels, all different uh, levels and, and times in their businesses, a different size and scale to really just have a open conversation about some of the challenges and opportunities that they've had, they've gone through their business that hopefully if you, the listener out there, uh, can, can garner some, some nuggets from it, it would be really, uh, you know, really great. That's what we're trying to, uh, to achieve. So my guest today, I'm really excited. This is a, a long time friend, so I'm not going to lead too many with, uh, too many of the questions when I, you know, where I know they're going, but Allie, please give us a little introduction of yourself and your background. Thanks, Steve. I'm I'm happy to be here with you today. Um, so I'm Ali McClaney. I my journey started with a master's in education. I was a teacher for <clears throat> four years, and um, fortunate enough that my family had a business that my dad started in 1981. So when I realized teaching wasn't for me, there was a job waiting for me. And um, my family is very special to me. So working alongside my dad was a special opportunity. In fact, my sister joined us as well about a year after me. So my family's business values jewelry for insurance companies and we do replacements. So essentially we're jewelers and we're experts in that field. And so for the last 24 years, I've been working with insurance companies valuing jewelry. Pretty exciting. Um, but what happens is people insure their jewelry and then they don't update their appraisal. So when they have a claim, we're, we're starting to find people underinsured at that point. It used to be that at GemCorp, we'd pride ourselves on the savings to the insurance companies. And then it turned into in the last five years that we were salvaging the situation because people weren't getting paid enough to replace their jewelry. Mm. So we did a little deep dive to see what was going on. And it just seemed like it was very difficult for people to update their appraisal. Yeah. So um, in 2020, I decided to solve that. And although I still work with GemCore, I now have a startup called DigiPraise and we um, offer online appraisal updates. And so that's, that's awesome. really been my journey. So this is, uh, I, I I still wear the hat of every role at GemCore, but I also wear the hat of a founder. So yeah, this will be a fun conversation. Yeah, I love it, Allie. I mean, you just, you hit on, you check so many boxes. Your path has been so many different ways, so many things. So let me, this is where I like to start, right? Because I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I don't think I've had too many guests on this podcast talk about it, but I, I come across it in business all the time. So You've graduated college, you have your master's in education, you're a teacher, you know, I remember you're there, you know, you, I think you bought your first apartment, everything, things are going great. But then all of a sudden, you know, you you realize or you you talk to your father and, and your your parents say, hey, we have a business, Allison, we'd like you to become a part of. How, how did that conversation go? How how was that door open? Uh, how were, was the reluctance there? Kind of how did, how did that process go to move you from being the teacher into the family business? Sure. Um, I think by my second or third year teaching, I was done. It wasn't for me. I, um, had, it just, um, I carried a lot of the weight of the children's lives mm -hmm. on my shoulders and I'm a very empathetic person and it just was difficult. One-on-one, -on -one, I could reach one child and make a difference, but if I couldn't make a difference for 25 first graders, um, 
you know, it was wearing on me. So I started a tutoring company because there I could use my skill set and really make a difference for those kids one on one. And I also started working at the family business to just fill my day. Mm. So coming into an existing company, um, there was only so much money coming into the company. There was only so many clients. There was only so much work to go around. So the what my dad did was he said, bring in a new client. He always kept the company um, at a size where he could provide continual service and not not disappoint a client. He had very, very loyal customers that had been with him since the 80s. And this is now 2000. So his plate was full. And he basically said, there are hundreds of insurance companies out there. So if you want a larger salary, bring one in more business, you know, and 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 that would pay your salary. So that's what I did. I tutored a little bit. I worked a little bit. I marketed a little bit. And eventually within that year, I had landed my own client. And then there was, you know, I wasn't taking food off of his plate. Um, and that was it. So I had grown up in that business my whole life. I was filing when I was 10 years old. So I was really familiar with what it was that my mom and dad did. And I was just thankful to um, be a you know, that the invitation was there. That's really interesting, Allie. I forgot about your tutoring business. So you kind of had this do it for yourself entrepreneurial urge from, from the get go. So yeah. let me ask you, that's really, really interesting story. I think that's wonderful because in many businesses nowadays, especially in my business, people want to hire uh, younger people that could bring in clients. But in my business, that's very, very hard, right? To get someone to, to trust you with that. But that's kind of how, you know, your, your father presented it to you. Where, where did that um, that first client, I'm just interested, where, where did that come from? Was it a connection of your, I guess, somewhat from your father? How, how did you go about landing that first client? That's a great question. So I believe once you're confident in your product, it's easier to sell it. So there was one national conference that my family attended every year. Mm -hmm. um, they went to it really to say hi to their existing clients and just to make sure everyone knew they were still in business. Um, and uh, they just took it as an opportunity to see five, 10 clients in one room versus making, you know, all those business trips as a small business. That's a lot on on a budget. So I, I accompanied him. I went mm -hmm. with him to that conference. And then you just find yourself we were in a booth and you strike up conversations. Um, I didn't have experience marketing. Uh, I was a teacher, but I followed up with the people I had conversations with. I had an Excel spreadsheet. Um, you know, there was no funnel to follow. Um, and then eventually just said to somebody, give me a shot, test me against whoever you're using. Um, if you like us the first time, you'll like us each time because we're very consistent. You know, and and then I built up that relationship. Yeah, that's wonderful. And for people who don't know you, I can attest that just as a friend, just when you speak in general and you're parlaying information over to people, you're very thorough. You hit all the the points of it to go through, and that's really a key of any salesman, right? You know, you don't want to be that fast talker. You're trying to educate first. You're trying to give them all that information, and you and you do that very very well. So so you close that first that first client, and it's off and running, right? And, and then all of a sudden. Sis, right? Sis says, "Hey, you know what? Maybe I can I can get into that." Talk about that a little. Where you know now you're in there working with your parents. Your sister comes in, and some of the the challenge or opportunities, or how did that go those early years on? The the four of you in there. That's a great question. I'm not sure she'll watch this podcast. So I have to be careful here, right? Because, um, <laughs> we still work together. Um, it's interesting because my sisters, my sister was in journalism, 
-hmm. And she also had burnt out. Not only had she burnt out, but she was living away from home and watching me work with my mom and dad. And she missed that. So she really wanted to come home. So the same, my dad's a very fair person. So he made the same offer to her. He was very careful all along to never mention that the the family business as an option only because he didn't want us to feel that we had to go into it. Like I look at some of my friends who have companies like and sons. No, their sons are not in it yet. Is it, you know, are they hoping? So my dad was always careful. The company was there. His dream was to leave this for his kids, um, but he never forced it on us. So we both went in separate careers and then found our way coming back to him. So the thing that's interesting with my sister is she can only wear one hat. My sister's fantastic at doing whatever task is asked of her. So she considers herself a worker bee and there's no ego involved. So it's mm -hmm. not like she has to go out and land the client. If somebody lands the client, you ask her to do something, she's just going to do it and, and, and do it well. And she also has fantastic sales skills. So we both were able to wear different hats and bring in clients and just keep them you know, happy uh, and, and, and then grow the company from there. And now we're at the point where my dad still works with us, but it's really my sister, Dan and I, you know, running the show. Yeah, that's a great point, Allie. And it's interesting, right? Because I know all of you so well, but you each have those different characteristics and those different strengths. And it, it seems like for you guys, it kind of, you know, flowed naturally to say like, hey, Dana, you're good at this. Allie, you're good at this. Dad, it seems the four of you really, uh, really found that out pretty early and kind of melded your skill sets quickly. Right. Stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I love it. Stay in your lane. Yeah, absolutely. Stay in your lane. Everything. So, all right. So now I want to I want to get to I, I I know you know something you you've worked so so long and hard on. You know I know I, I can remember having all these conversations with you over the years, and Susie and I were going through our entrepreneurial journey, and you'd ask a lot of questions. Well, what about this? What about that? So this was a, a very very big part of you. So DigiPraise. When did you start having this idea? You know of of you know this of this business. Uh, and to think that, the, you know, really that there wasn't anything else out there to really start to get those gears rolling. Right. Um, so we offer DigiPraise type of a service to our clients because Gemcore is working at the point where there's a claim, right? Someone's already had the loss and you calling us in as experts to do the valuation or the replacement, but the loss happened. So the same clients, these insurance companies have underwriting departments, and sometimes they would get an appraisal in and have questions about, should we insure this? Do you see any red flags? Um, it's an older appraisal. Is the value correct? So there were like some one-off opportunities where the carriers were kind of planting the seed that something like this is needed. Um, so we were offering it as just part of our concierge slew of services to our, our partners. And then I'd, I'd say right before COVID, we started to see more and more appraisals coming in that were over five years old to the point where we've now studied our data and completed a couple of pilots for carriers. And it's actually 74% of appraisals that are already scheduled with insurance companies, like already in their system are over five years old. Mm. So unless a jeweler wrote a really large cushion when they did that appraisal, because keep in mind, appraisals are not your purchase price usually, 
So it's it's your purchase price plus a cushion, right? Um, unless that cushion was really large, come five years, you might be underinsured. Mm -hmm. So um, 2020, I had the opportunity because the world slowed down. Um, and I just started doing some market research and started taking some accelerators because business acumen, you know, I, it wasn't, I didn't know the vernacular. I didn't know, you know, how to do a, a, a startup plan. I didn't know how to do a business plan. Just a lot of, you know, just a little deep dive into that. That's where my questions to you and Susie came from. Um, and I, and I built out the technology, but as I did my market research to see what the competition looked like and realized that there really was nothing just like this, an update to an existing appraisal, right? Um, I realized there was something valuable there and I went patent pending. I did a provisional patent, mm -hmm. held that for a year, kind of was working on this in stealth mode and then realized it's validated. And, that, and then I actually applied for a full patent, went patent pending and in um, April of this year, you know, I was awarded a patent. And it's been since then that I've kind of been like full throttle. I really feel like I felt like protecting it and because it was such a novel idea. What was to keep somebody else from trying it? Yeah. I wanted to announce it to the world and have other jewelers who scratch your head wondering why didn't they think of it to join us. There's plenty to go around, but let me be the source for them. Work with me, not against me. Yeah, Ali, that's that's such a great and valuable lesson to anybody out there. You know, right? You have this great idea, and your natural inclination is, "Hey, I want to go tell the world, right? Look at look how brilliant I am. Look how you know genius this is." But really, that could that could you know bite you in the, in the butt. And to be patient and allow for your patent to come in that legal process to go full bore. I mean, that's just that's so important. I think so many people when they're starting out. I mean, Susie and I, there was multiple multiple years before we really had something that we felt during going going out there. So, you know, kudos to you about taking your time and being patient. So, so now you get to that point, not to you know, like you mentioned not too long ago, and the patent comes through, right? You kind of been waiting. You you kind of like you know, you're a a, a car at the starting block, ready to go. So what happened? What happened? Right. You got you got the patent pending. What are the stuff that kind of you were thinking about and maybe doing before? And what what did you start doing when that those good news came in? Sure. Um, so prior to the patent actually coming, I was comfortable talking to the carriers, people who are already using Gemcore and familiar with our reputation and our name. And I was trying to open the door at their underwriting department. So again, working with claims, my contacts are claims. I'm trying to build up the opportunity to kind of roll this out to their underwriters or their sales team. Um, but that was a very slow process because these are large companies and a lot of people have to sign off on any decision that they're making. Mm -hmm. So it was moving super slowly to go that route. It is still, I'm still, that's one of my channels is, is the carriers because these seeds were planted over two years ago. Um, and now those doors have finally started opening. But simultaneously, I realized DigiPraise is B2C. What is that? You, Susie owns a ring. You guys have been married over 20 years. Um, I don't know if you've updated your appraisal. So you could be my customer, perfect customer. So I'm B2C. But you could also find out about uh, DigiPraise through your insurance agent, a wealth advisor, somebody else who's aware of this service who feels like I want to pass this information along to my client. So I focused 
since we received the patent on that B to B to C opportunity. You're still my you're still my customer, Steve. You're the one paying for for it, but how do I reach more Steves? So in the last few months, that's what I've been trying to really focus on. Is it estate attorneys? Is it wealth managers? Is it insurance agents? Is it insurance brokers? Like where where do I I get the most bang for my buck? Um, again, was not a marketer, so this is all like learning on the fly. Who's motivated by this product, um, and and what moves the needle? So that's yeah. really been the journey since getting the patent. No, that's great. You nailed it. Yeah, I got I got my ring from you guys. It's twenty years ago, right? We need we absolutely need to update it. I'm I'm certain it's underinsured, right? That's that's hey, it might be more valuable than than we know. So that that's a great point. So Ali, you know, as, as you're going through this, I think a lot of people they're starting their own business, right? They come into this. You have an existing business. You're working at GemCorp with your parents. You know, you have a family and all the like, and they're trying to figure out. You know, like, hey, what's the best use of our time and money? I know that was that was big conversations uh, Susie and I would have throughout the process. I tried to set up goals. We'd allocate funds to it. Can you talk about that, you know, after you did your research, where did you choose, and, and I wonder why, to allocate your time and, and whatever investment monies you want to put in there? What did you, what came out of that and you figured out what are your biggest priorities for you? Sure. Um, now, keep in mind, I had a salary coming from Gemcore. Yeah. So that really, um, you know, sets the stage for when you're an entrepreneur or a founder. Um, I had a full-time job, but a paycheck coming in, but I had many hours left in my day to do my research. So I was lucky that COVID slowed a little bit down from Gemcore. So I had some daytime hours, but a lot of my research, um, you know, you are your first employee. So a lot of that was happening on my own time um, and the pace was determined by me. Um, so I have friends who are founders that once that paycheck stopped and they went full time into whatever their endeavor was, they really had to move quickly because they're waiting on, you know, some money to come in from the new company or they're raising. Mm -hmm. So for me at DigiPraise, I wanted to bootstrap as long as possible. I didn't want to raise and focus on that, even though it's a phenomenal idea and people have approached us, um, that's a distraction for me, but that's a necessity for some other people. That might be their first thing they're focusing on is that pitch deck for an investor. Um, what does that look like? For me, my energy and my time has gone into the user experience of our, of our platform, mm -hmm. the security of the platform. My first money went into um, intellectual property, trademarking the name, you know, protecting some of the assets there, and then the patent, which is an expensive, you know, purchase. Yeah, <laughs> so, very and, expensive. And um, you want to ask what I'm going to use it for? I would use it for marketing. Yeah. Now it's time to grow. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I love that. So. You know, it's really interesting how you went about that. And I love the term you, you use, bootstrapping, right? Because many people, many people do, but many people don't. And I've seen, I've been through a lot of, of different companies. I've done them both a different way. And I was just recently reading a book called Originals by Adam Grant. And he goes into the mind of these entrepreneurs. And there's this idea that all these entrepreneurs are huge risk takers, right? Like, you know, all out, you know, you know, jump over that cliff, hope you land on something soft, everything like that. But he says the actual, in, in practicality, when they're out there doing it, the ones that are most successful are extremely risk adverse. 
and they take very calculated gambles as to where they're going to spend their time, where they're going to spend their money. And you, the way you do it, I mean, I cannot, you know, more strongly recommend it, you know, that listen, if you have something else that you're doing, don't go quit your job and going into this. Because when you go out and get fundraising, like you said, the clock is ticking, your burn rate, right? All these different terms, your burn rate is, is coming up and everything. It's really hard for you. you. The pressure is enormous, right? Give give your company as much runway, as much time to be successful and how you did it. I think that was that was wonderful. So now you, you know, you said what your priorities were. You invested in attorneys. Once again, very a lot of people don't like to do that. They'll do it on their own or whatever it might be, but very, very smart. I like all these decisions. So now as you sit today and you're going through this and everything, and once again, kind of same question, you know, looking forward, your time, your money, your energy, where are you focused now on on trying to uh, you know, to take DigiPraise to the next level? Right. So now we need customers and we need to really scale it. Um, so it's marketing. I think the focus now is on marketing and realizing that that's not my strength, right? I thought I could handle that. Um, I was cautious. I will say this to your listeners, you know, be careful of the shiny object. You know, there's certain things that are offered to you as a startup, like a HubSpot subscription. You know, you put money into something like that right away, thinking that's going to be the answer. There's a learning curve there. And you're starting that payment day one. So now you're you're taking the time to actually learn technology. And that's taking your eye off, you know, your your other obligations. So just be mindful of like that shiny object syndrome. Um, spend carefully in terms of what you think is actually going to help you scale. I'm really at the point now where I need to hire um, someone who markets and um, understands my vision. Yeah. Um, because... For a long time, you really do need to wear all the hats. You need to learn about digital marketing. You need to wear, you, you need to learn all the hats so that when you do hire someone, you can monitor them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. And that's that's so uh well, well said, Ali. You know, we've gone through, like I said, you know, Susie and I once again with with the marketing and learning, when we went through our journey, really what we learned is that through branding and marketing, like that's kind of everything. In these larger environments, you could have a pretty crappy product, but if you brand it and market, right, it's going to get out there and it's going to get sold, right? Because that's all the, you know, the items that work. And in our journey, what we went through and what I would share, you know, we went through, we hired many expensive companies after with our other company. I've hired different ones all, all throughout the time. What I have found is no one has sold any of our products or services better than Susie and I have, right? So I, I give you kudos, you know, for coming on this podcast. I know a lot of people aren't that really comfortable with it, like going out there and, and talking, whatever it might be. But it's like that message that you can put out there that they can see the founder and you talk about that you're messaging to them. Hey, listen, I get it. I, I know, you know, you really you know, cherish those, those prize uh, jewelry and items like that. That's really that's really a big a big part of it. And it's really, you know, we also went through bit by bit, starting one one by one of, of different things. And it's really, it's kind of important when you, when you get that together and you find the person to help you. I, I like to take a, a lot of different avenues and kind of come at them all at once to see to see which one starts to work. That, that's a really good point. And I actually had conversations with Susie about this because she has this a skill set. And I'm going to tell you what that is and why that's helpful to find someone in your life like that. And she didn't do it for me. I just know she's capable of doing it for others. Um, when you are an entrepreneur or you have an idea of a business, you have so many ideas in your head. 
There are so many ways I could take DigiPraise. I My patent is written for all assets. So do I want to go out and find that art expert, the coin expert, the musical instrument, you know, so that I can scale DigiPraise? I also, my patent covers tokenization and blockchain. Do I want to build that out? I also added um, uh, the ability to take the video of you talking about the asset and we have a QR code on that appraisal so that when the asset's handed down, somebody can listen in your voice to the story, the history of it. That piece means so much to me. It was very important for me to build that out because one of the first lessons you learn is to come up with your vision and your mission statements. And when I built, when I was thinking of mine, it's, it was to protect values, right? And that just, I'm not going to wake up happy coming to work every day and doing appraisal updates, protecting values. Like that sounds lovely, but not enough to really motivate me. But when you add emotion to it, I'm thinking about the customers who were devastated to be underinsured, that emotional connection to their jewelry, and then that upset over having to pay extra. And then I realized they've also lost the story behind the piece. So now when I realize if I could build something that protects that emotion as well, I'm happy. I, I, I feel joy in that. So I added the video. What I was going to get to about Susie, though, when you have all these thoughts in your head and all these opportunities should I be focusing here, you need to ramble them off to somebody who can just hear what you are saying and almost triage it for you and then help you stay in your lane. Because otherwise, it's like, Squirrel, 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 right? And yep. and the ideas don't stop. If you're an entrepreneur, you've got a lot of ideas and you just really need to focus on the one in front of you before moving on. It's not, not the same as pivoting. If you need a pivot, you got to pivot. Right. But all these ideas, put them in the parking lot um, yeah. and, and they're going to be there. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love that. That, that couldn't be better said, right? You know, to stay focused, uh, and be patient, all those ideas, and really, which ones are the best one? Well, you got to prioritize. There's a lot of good ones that, that maybe you can set them aside, but it's the most important to get what you're focused on, what you need to get done step by step. Uh, that's going to get you there, because many times in this, the, the tortoise really does win the race. Yeah. So, Ali, let me ask you this. I like to you know conclude most of these episodes with a question, right? And you could take this as far back as, as you want. You could take it to 2020, whatever it might be you know, along your journey through through this, which led you to DigiPraise, that if you could go back and speak with Allison at a certain point of time and tell her something that you know now that you wish you knew then, what would that be? Wow. I wish I would have known this question in advance. I'd have a fantastic answer. So I'm going to wing it. Yeah, um, that's what I want. Get out of your comfort zone um, and be careful of analysis paralysis. <laughs> I'm guilty of overthinking things um, and sometimes you just have to try it. So I feel like although we you're complimenting my my tortoise approach, um, which is fine. And I and I am totally I, I'm thankful that I am, you know, moving at the pace I am. But sometimes like overanalyzing things will paralyze you and you just have to get out there. Um, 
and get over your fears. So I am not a public speaker. I, I, I can have a conversation one-on-one -on -one with you. I don't see all the viewers who might be chiming in and listening. I'm having a conversation with a friend. Um, so the same thing came to pitching the company, participating in pitch events, just to get the name out there, um, to get advisors. Um, you'll survive. I, Allison, you will survive. Start earlier um, because you're okay. You're, you're good at it. Um, yeah. If you love what you do, you can have conversations for five minutes about them. Um, and and I would tell myself to start that earlier. Yeah, I think that's great. Get, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what Susie and I would talk about all the time, right? And I think it, it goes hand in hand where I was saying where you take your time and you analyze and the like. When, when analysis paralysis is different, right? It's where you've gotten to a point, you've done all your research, and then you just simply, you feel uncomfortable, so you don't want to move. So you're like, let me look at this again. Let me look at that again. And, and really, you, you start to see it and you feel it, right? No, no, no. This is really, I, I need to be moving on. And so I, I think those those could, those could two could really uh, jive well together. And that's uh, and that's great. So Allison, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, tell us a little bit, is it, is it digipraise.com? And you want to find out more about uh, the company? Sure. So the land, the website itself is digipraise.com. And then you can link to the web app because all it is, is a web app. We don't want you to download anything um, to get your update. It's super easy. Um, it's just a photo of the appraisal, a photo of the asset. The cost is $49.99. I'll provide a discount code. Thanks, Steve. So it'll say, thanks, Steve. I'll make sure that's up and running okay. so that your listeners can get 10% off. Um, and yeah, let's get, let's get some people protected. Awesome, Allie. Well, thanks so much.